0: News organization. You, can Your organization, you news organization. organization. Can you give us a chance? You are attacking our news organization. Can you give us a chance to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state, Mr. President-elect, can she, you state categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be Can you give us a question? Can no, I'm not going to give you a, question. Give you a can you, question. Can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, can
1: you stay Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. That was, of course, Donald Trump greeting the press corps that will be covering him as president. And it has inspired me to, yet again, Dragoon Philip Turgeon, who's the uh, literary editor here at the Weekly Standard, into the studio to talk about another top three list, the three presidents with the worst relationship with the media. And, uh, Phil, I want to start by just setting Trump aside do you agree with the premise that he's in a whole new world or do you reject that
0: that trump is in a whole new yeah, world when
1: it comes to press relations that we just we've never seen a guy like trump
0: well but but i think yesterday's episode was characteristic of trump he says and does what most people think most presidents i suspect <laughs> I, I can't um, i can't help but imagine that m- many right. of our recent presidents wanted to say and do the, exactly the same thing <laughs> He did, even though it would have caused this crisis of confidence. Um, Needless to say, of course, this, you know, to most Americans, this makes CNN look bad and Trump look good, but that's not the way most
1: journalists see it. But watching him confront the press, and just, I think, is important, watching the press confront him, and it's not, the word doesn't even confront, I mean, you look at the story that that, uh, BuzzFeed chose to dump while saying, hey, we don't know if this is true, I mean, that I think that feeds a notion that this is a press corps that really doesn't like Donald Trump and he reflects their hate right back. Has any other president had close to as contentious a relationship with the media?
0: The answer is yes. And it's a little hard to describe because most 19th century presidents didn't really deal with the press in the uh, way that we think of it. Um, they did often, and you know, confide to their diaries of dealing with the jackals of the press <laughs> and that sort of stuff. So it's hard to, and you know, they didn't have press conferences the way we do. Right. And in fact, as you know, up until uh, I think Harry Truman, uh, press conferences were off the record, and you couldn't quote the president under any circumstances directly without his wow. permission. Um, so, you know, those days no, are gone. Well, those are, those <laughs> days are very gone. I mean, I have I mean, if you look like at FDR's presidential are right. these long press conferences where he's bantering with the reporters. But that never made it into the to the news. And there, there were a few instances where things were leaked, which was hugely scandalous. So there's that. The other point I would make is I have a crackpot theory about all this, which is that the it's kind of a culture and class uh, question. Okay. And that is that in our time journalism has become a much more prestigious calling than it was a century ago. I mean, a century ago, most of the correspondents covering the White House, and there would have been about two dozen, maybe 30, I'll bet most of them weren't college graduates. They were basically reporters who'd grown up at a newspaper in Indianapolis or San Francisco or what have you and got sent to the Washington Bureau, which usually consisted of themselves. Now, journalism is a hugely prestigious uh, profession, (laughs) as we now say, and a lot of the big names at the New York Times and what have you, or even the Daily Beast, are graduates of Princeton and Swarthmore and places that never would have produced newspaper (laughs) men or women in the past. So to the extent that the two parties have changed classes in the last century, that's reflected in the press corps, plus the fact, given that they're all, uh, shall we say, Yaleys mm-hmm. um, they have a sense of themselves as a professional class. And I think they really do sort of think of themselves now, seriously, as the fourth estate, that they're the fourth branch of government, that they keep a keep an eye on the president, right. and they're the, the people's tribune and all this. Uh, and that's especially acute when it's a Republican president, because they're all Leftists, for the most part,
1: a Republican president who appeals to the kind of blue-collar other class, the class that would have been the journalists. You know, by the way, when you talk about professionalism and you know, elite law schools, I can I can feel the vibrations from H. L. Mencken spinning in his grave in Baltimore. So let's talk then about some specific presidents who's on the list of truly problematic relationships with the press. Well, I think you can you can.
0: Date it to some degree to when the nature of the Washington press corps changed and evolved, and I would say that was in the 1950s and 60s, the post-war era. Really, um, it used to be said in FDR's days that the day that the reporters all loved him, but the editors or publishers hated him. Right. Now both the publishers and reporters <laughs> hate the president if it's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Eisenhower was something of an exception to that because he was a national hero and the press corps still had lots of leftovers from the good old days. So it had a far more different attitude to the president than they have now. But that began to change in the Kennedy administration because Kennedy was buddies with certain members of the press corps. Uh, he was, uh, used to, that's when you started getting the influx of Kennedy types sure. into the press corps. So bearing that in mind, I would say that you know, Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon were the immediate victims of that transition, N- Nixon in particular, because he was a figure that the left had reviled for a generation, and now he was president of the United States. So he was the first president. I mean, with remember with LBJ, there was the credibility gap, and all there were all these problems of the difference between what he was telling the press and what the reality was. But they kind of papered it over to some degree. It was not as hostile. It was not as personal as it right. became under under Nixon, Nixon harbored Donald Trump's views of the press corps, but he was uh, of the old school. Right. He tried to be, he tried to uh, stand on the dignity right. of the office. He tried to reach out to the. I mean, you'll see these press conferences where he's very uh, polite to Helen Thomas. <laughs> you know, people who just hated his guts and so on. But he he was smart enough not to. But right. we know, as we know from his. Papers and whatnot. That privately he was seething and had an enemy's list of certain uh, journalists. And, and the
1: press certainly viewed him as an enemy, as did an entire generation of people on the left in the United States. What about going back to? Uh, I, I know it's not directly the same. The the media climate when Jefferson and Adams were running. It was certainly a vicious media climate. Do, do we know if Jefferson or Adams viewed the writers themselves as the bad guys or do they simply see all that as part of, you know, Adams is sicking his dogs on me. Jefferson, you know, has you know, unleashed his enemies on me.
0: Well, I think it, it depends on political skill. I mean, um, Thomas Jefferson, for example, was a smart enough politician to pretend to be the friend of the press. I mean, he's the one who said he'd rather have a press without a government than a vice versa right. and so on. Adams on the other hand who was an incompetent politician was thin-skinned and so he enacted the Alien and Sedition <laughs> <laughs> Acts he thought that he thought that criticism of John Adams was bad for the country <laughs> and should be against the law so so i think it comes down to the political skill and the mm. the tolerance for that sort of thing that that the president exhibits
1: i want to ask you about one other example of problematic media relations and that's the Clintons and we'll include even though she didn't quite achieve the White House, though I'm sure she'll make a fine mayor of New York. We will include Hillary Clinton. It's interesting because you could argue that their treatment of the press has been horrible, whether it's Bill Clinton lying to them shamelessly and repeatedly and then counting on his media surrogates to repeat those lies and they have to come back and, oh, you know, "Of of course he had sex with that woman. We now know from the leaked Podesta emails what they thought of the media, you know, old, reliable and Treated them really like, not maybe lackey is too strong a word, but they assumed they assumed you work for us and you'll do what we want. And yet, if you, I think if you woke a reporter up in the middle of the night who covered the Clintons, they would say, "I love you, Bill. I love you, Hillary." No, yes, no,
0: there's no, there's an absolute paradox here. I mean, most Democratic, all Democratic presidents uh, in my lifetime have benefited from the. Patronage of the press; they like Democratic presidents. Also, you have to remember that between the early 1930s and the mid 1990s, this was Washington was a Democratic town. They ran, you know, it was a long run. They had 60 years, and people are still not quite accustomed to the fact that there's now an, an active opposition, and occasionally there's right. Republicans speaking. That's all novelty; uh, would have been unheard of in my youth, um, and yet. Um, the Carter White House, the Clinton White House, loathed the press because um, <laughs> they weren't they weren't always press agents for them. Mm. They expect 110 percent fealty. Republicans don't expect that from the press. They expect the press to dislike them and to go after them, and so they have a somewhat more, I would say, realistic view of of the press corps. I think the Clintons were genuinely disappointed that they weren't getting 24 hour a day. Fawning coverage, uh, and and they have a you know, and they're a sort of uh, tribal, clannish wow. character to Clinton world, and so they just resent anything that isn't uh, isn't the way they want it.
1: We'll wrap up with a name you haven't mentioned, which is Barack Obama, and uh, I my thesis as to my my theory as to why I haven't mentioned it is because it was a man who loved the media and the media who loved the man.
0: Well, he was he's smarter than the Clintons are about the press. I mean, you have to. All you have to do is read yesterday's 18-page supplement in the Washington Post on Obama's <laughs> legacy to get a sense of – and their Sunday magazine last weekend – to get a sense of just how infatuated the, the press corps has been with President Obama. But he's a, he's a smart guy in that sense. He knows who to cultivate. He knows there's no point in making enemies uh, unnecessarily in the press uh, because they are a difficult – uh, people to antagonize if you're a politician. So I give Obama credit for for, for uh, having a thicker skin than his predecessors.
1: Two things about that. One is if you want a better look at the Obama legacy, our colleagues at the Washington Examiner did a great video, the Obama legacy, with smart people like Tim Carney and Rule Mark Garrett, whose name I always widely mispronounce, and it's at WashingtonExaminer.com. Check that out. Second thing is what administration actually prosecuted or or investigated reporters, reporters' families, reporters' parents' phone records, and notoriously locked a reporter in a closet at a fundraiser, It was the Obama administration, so you always hurt the one you love. Philip Turgeon, literary editor with The Weekly Standard, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to The Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com for the latest reporting, great articles, and, of course, podcast updates every day. In fact, subscribe to the podcast. It's free at iTunes.com. Just search for Weekly Standard. You'll never miss another podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.